I can hold space for both things. But just because I can hold space for both things doesn't mean that everybody else can. Season five. What's up? I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> I'm your host, Amber Akilla. This is my podcast where I talk about stuff and things, cute, chaotic, and critical thinking. For those who have been long-term listeners, you already know the deal. Any new listeners, I welcome you with an open heart and an open mind. We are in the business of being hot and having fun. And I'm so grateful for people that have been listening to and supporting the podcast. This really started out as like a passion project for me. It continues to be a passion project. And yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm very grateful, for, especially for people who listen to the podcast, send me their thoughts and feelings, their feedback, the way that certain things that I might have shared have helped them along their journey it always means so much to me. So thank you so much. You can follow me on Instagram at Amber Killer, TikTok, SoundCloud, Spotify, etc., etc. And the meme page for this podcast is at friend.crush on Instagram. We're going to have a merch store, friendcrush.club. Occasional drops every now and then. I'm like working on building this right now. So just bear with me, please. Also working on a newsletter. Yeah, I really want to try and foster like more community, but I just haven't figured out like the best way to do it. What's going to be the most sustainable? What's going to be the most realistic? Because I really do believe that it's about taking what we can learn from the internet and applying it into our real life. I think there's like so much more value in being able to translate between online and offline spaces because when I was younger I definitely felt like I was too online or I relied too much on the internet to I don't know like give me a sense of self or give me a platform for expression and while the internet is still a platform for expression um for me I think that especially now with so many different platforms and so much integration between the real world and the online world. I just value like in-person connections a lot. I value being able to take what I learned from the internet and apply it to my real life and actually experience change rather than just sort of like thinking about change or trying to mentally understand change. We want to be able to live with the change. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, this is just like a welcome episode. I have already recorded maybe about half of this new season and I intentionally left like the first episode for a little bit later so I could kind of just like get a feel for the type of content that I was going to be recording and then any like change in perspective or reflection I might have between beginning to record this season and then making this first episode and it's actually crazy how so many things have shifted in my life in just like, you know, a month, two months, a few weeks. So I think, yeah, it's kind of interesting when you 
set aside a block of time to like do something and you just sort of forget about it and then you return to that task and you realize like you're in a totally different place than you were before because I guess especially when I was growing up in Perth I felt like life was very predictable or quite stagnant I mean even during the pandemic when I was stuck in Perth the type of energy in that city is just very different to Shanghai because of the scale because of the culture and there's nothing like right or wrong about that it's just different and I think that's also something that I've been carrying through with me for like the last few years is you don't have to decide if something is better I mean you don't have to decide if something is right or wrong you can just appreciate that it's different you know I've talked about trying to see the world as neutral, trying to see your feelings as neutral, and then being able to like develop an awareness of where you're at, what you want, and then how can you make intentional decisions? Because it's not about rejecting or denying what we feel or what we experience or the reality that we're in, the things that we think, the feelings that we feel, but the awareness, you know, when you are not so attached to an outcome, attached to defining something then you're giving yourself room to embrace change you're giving yourself room to grow and to develop because the things that got you to where you are now aren't going to be the things that get you to where you want to go you know and that's okay because different stages of your life allow for different energy allow for different experiences different relationships different connections and the older that I get and the more that I try to remain as present as I can and to be as consistent as I can with grounding and self-care practices and the more that I try to be compassionate with myself and with others while still being sassy okay still having boundaries still having standards still like doing my best to assert myself in spite of the ways that I might have been conditioned to make myself smaller or the things that I've experienced that have given me like a fear of self-assertion or self-expression like there's room for both, you know, and awareness is what allows for that room for both. When you're denying, when you're limiting yourself, when you're closing yourself off, there is less mental space and then, or there's less mental space for new things to enter. And then as a result, like your experience becomes limited too. So I think in the last year that has become very apparent to me. And I also just, Um, It's also been like a year since I've been back in Shanghai. So those of you that have like followed me over the past year or two would know that over the pandemic in 2020, I got stuck in my hometown. I went back to Perth to um, renew my visa and to visit my family over Chinese New Year at the beginning of 2020. And at that point, I'd lived in Shanghai for about like two years, two and a half years from 2017 after I graduated university, I moved to Shanghai and graduated from university in or Western Australia. I moved to Shanghai and a lot of my like adult identity and experiences have been, were in Shanghai in those two years. It's where I got work experience. It's where I met a lot of my friends that had a really big impact on me. And there was like a lot of shifts that occurred in that period of time. And you know, I love Shanghai. I loved Shanghai. I love Shanghai. (laughs) I'm sure I'll continue to love Shanghai. And it was like devastating for me to not be able to come back to China because the borders closed. I didn't have the right visa. It was a global pandemic and really difficult for me at first to come to terms with that. 
on top of that, I was also going through like a really hectic breakup and yeah, there was like a lot of grieving in that experience. And I'm definitely not looking for a pity party um, because at the same time, I'm like hyper aware of how lucky I was at the same time and how, you know, something like COVID was like a global phenomena. Like everybody has like, it's like this, it's a sort of thing that pretty much affects everyone, affected everyone that you know in some way at the same time. You know, there's other things in life where it's like, yeah, everyone goes through a breakup. Everybody goes through the loss of a loved one. Everybody goes through, you know, finding a new job. Those are all things that are kind of like universal to the human experience now, but they happen at different times for everyone. But the pandemic was like, it happened at the same time for everyone, for the most part within this like two, three year window. And everyone's experience is going to be different. Some people had the best time. Some people had the worst time. Some people had, you know, a mix of both. Some people learned a lot. Some people learned nothing. Some people like grew from the experience. Other people regressed. And I think it's really interesting now to kind of get a feel for how I've like processed that experience or how it's affected me and how it's also affected like the people around you. I think it's, you can kind of learn a lot about where someone is at or who someone is as a result of how they talk about the pandemic, you know, whether their experience was good or bad, a mix of both. It's just, yeah, it's interesting for sure. (laughs) And yeah, I've had people ask me about what it's like living in Shanghai. If I can do an episode about it, I'd be happy to do a full episode about it, but I feel like it's such a niche topic because it's, not necessarily something that I talk about that much in the podcast. I've talked about how I want to do vlogs more like literally for the last year and I haven't really like fully committed to it yet. But it is really important to me personally to be able to show another side of what it's like living in China, especially as someone who grew up in the West, who is like, you know, has been deeply affected by Sinophobia as a result of growing up in the West, continues to observe and learn and unpack and understand Sinophobia, whether it's, you know, remnants of internalized Sinophobia or the way that I might have internalized it before, the way that Sinophobia exists in the West, in the media, the way that it can also exist in certain circles in China or like at least in Shanghai, because Shanghai is one of the most developed cities in China and also one of the most like international facing cities. So there's people from all different parts of the world, all different backgrounds that live here. And yeah, everyone has like different opinions, experiences and perspectives. So I think that for me, the experiences that I had growing up and the experiences that I've had as an adult living in China, returning to the motherland are a huge part of like my identity or have played a huge part in building or creating like the person that I am and the person that I continue to be and explore and discover. So I'm still like figuring out ways to communicate that because it is like, you know, as simple as sharing your life, but at the same time, sharing it and putting it out there in a world or in an environment that is not always welcoming of like, you know, 
the place from which you are sharing, as in geographically and uh, like geopolitically, I, su- I guess, because yeah, that's one thing that's like kind of can be difficult to navigate sometimes, but I suppose it exists everywhere to some degree, you know, because everyone's going to have different political opinions and sometimes people can be very attached to the way that they see the world and be very sensitive about how other people's view might be similar or different to theirs. And I'm definitely not an exception to this. Definitely wasn't an exception when I was younger. Um, I think now I've gotten older, I can, I'm definitely more empathetic and I understand that everyone's experience is going to be different. Everyone is living in their own reality and that's valid and it doesn't have to challenge mine or I don't have to take it personally. You know, I can hold space for both things, but just because I can hold space for both things doesn't mean that everybody else can. And that can be like hard to navigate sometimes, but in a general sense, like I'm so grateful to be based in Shanghai. I literally just received my passport today um, for like a visa renewal. And I always get so much anxiety when I'm (laughs) renewing my visa because it's like, yeah, I had so much trouble with it over the pandemic. And then I don't know, there's just like this feeling of uncertainty that overwhelms you when you're going through it. And I just feel like, you know, very lucky, grateful, privileged to be in the position that I'm in and to have had the experiences that I've had. And, you know, it's important for me to be able to share the things that I've learned in that process. Um, if, you know, it can facilitate someone else's journey in some way. And like I say, you know, it's not about agreeing with me. It's not about doing what I've done, but if I can like add some perspective to where you're at so that you can better understand your own, you know, that's kind of like my ultimate goal or like one of them at least, because I feel like I spend a lot of time like challenging the things that I'm told or the information that I'm, I feel like I'm forced to believe, you know, I've, I think from a very young age, I've always just questioned the world around me or like questioned systems of power and questioned expectations and standards that society in general or specific people place on me that I don't resonate with, that I don't think makes sense, whether for me or for society in general. Not for me to decide, ultimately, um, I'm the queen of my universe, not the universe. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I don't want to invalidate anyone's perspective, but I would want to be able to expand people's perspective because I want to be able to communicate with people and connect with people in a way that expands my understanding too. And that's something that I get to do when I'm in Shanghai, you know, because I grew up as a ethnically Chinese girl in a very white, very small area, very isolated area geographically. And I felt very emotionally isolated in that experience as well. So I think that being able to connect with a part of my identity that like 
I didn't have a choice in, but is at the same time something that is like has thousands of years of history. Like I'm part of a, I don't know, like collective cultural experience, the way that each of us are connected to, you know, our ancestral history kind of thing. So I don't know, it's just like really for me important to be able to explore that. It gives me a sense of fulfillment. It gives, it continues to like, um, you know, foster curiosity and exploration because it is so different to the environment that I'm used to or the environment that I grew up in. And I'm just forever grateful. And I appreciate the people that messaged me while I was in Perth or when I first came back to Shanghai. And, you know, they followed that journey and encouraged me in that journey. It means a lot to me. And I hope that I can repay you with encouragement in your journey. So, yeah, I mean... I think that everyone is going to have biased views in terms of how they share their experience of different things. And for me, something that has been difficult to kind of like articulate to people at times is that like I have had very, I don't really know how to explain this. And again, I'm not looking for a pity party. I'm just like describing the experience and what I've learned from it. Um, but when I was like stuck in Perth, for example, it was not by choice that I went back to Perth over the pandemic, the way that for a lot of other people around me, they were living in places like the U S or in London for a lot of people around me, they were living in places like the U S or the UK or even like the Eastern States of Australia. And they made a conscious choice to leave those places and return to their families because the situation in those places was like not giving, you know, unsafe for them. They like went back to Perth. And for me, I didn't choose to go back to Perth. And, you know, I'm not here to say whether I would or wouldn't have if I was to leave like a little bit later, um, if I had the choice, because ultimately, like I look back on my experience and I'm really grateful for it. And I sort of have a different perspective and understanding in retrospect than I did at the beginning. But yeah, so it was difficult because I felt very emotionally isolated in that experience. Most of my friends were in, um, were in Shanghai. All of my work was there. I did know a few people that had also been locked out of China, um, but they weren't in the same place as me. So the first like six months at least of being in Perth were really tough. Also because I was going through like a breakup with someone that my friends in Perth had never met. So sometimes it's like easier to talk about like a breakup when people that you know also know that person but I was like I don't know it was like difficult to talk about it because I didn't want to have to like go through the whole thing with them but I felt like I also needed to process and yeah anyway so it it was like weird to be alone in my experience during like a 
collective experience, if that makes sense. Like everybody was going through the pandemic and there was a sense of community that came from that. But like I was not having the same experience as a lot of the people around me. So it made it uh, like difficult to process in some ways, but it taught me a lot about being able to validate my own feelings and to process the way that I'm feeling and what I'm thinking and to honor that without having to overly rely on people around me to validate my point of view. You know, it's like I got to a point where I was like, okay, you know what? Like I can't just keep feeling sorry for myself. I can't keep defining my existence by this thing that I have no control over. I need to shift my energy in a way that allows me to focus on something that I can actually like do now and something that I have control over. Even if that's just like the way that I spend my time, the way that I post online, instead of being like, I'm in Shanghai this, I'm in Shanghai that like every day, I just need to be present in what I'm doing and find something that can anchor me in a way that's productive and not like going to foster an unhealthy victim complex. So there was that part. And then when I came back to Shanghai, it was a similar thing. Like everybody here had collectively gone through a really fucked up lockdown. And I literally (laughs) arrived like a few days after Shanghai opened after that, like two, three month period. Um, And, you know, for the few weeks before I was in a different city that didn't have the same level of restrictions that Shanghai did. So then a lot of people here had collectively gone through that experience. I was like, and naturally justifiably, they were traumatized and like very dejected as a result. Um, Not everybody, but like, you know, just like the energy of the city was like totally different to the way that it was when I had left. Yeah. People rightfully so were like processing the trauma of that. And then with that comes a lot of different projections and a lot of like emotionally charged discussions. And at that time it was obviously like, I don't know, like I wouldn't say it was like overwhelmingly negative, but it was negative in a way that I, I don't know that I wasn't prepared for, but that I just, it was like different to me because I had waited for over two years to come back to Shanghai. I was so done with Perth and I was so ready to like move on and like start my life again, even if it was in a city that was restricted the way that Shanghai was when I first got back, that was better than me staying in Perth. And I was lucky that, you know, the opportunities that I had in the first few months of coming back to Shanghai, it was like still more than I would have been able to do if I was in Perth. And it was very difficult for a lot of people here to understand that because that was a restricted state for them. You know, they had had like a relatively um, plentiful, abundant year and a half or so while the rest of the world was locked up. And then they kind of had like their really hectic lockdown period inverse, like while the rest of the world was opening up and it looked like everything was going well overseas to a lot of people here while they were in lockdown. And it was difficult for me to articulate to them that it's really not that simple. You know, a lot of people are still suffering the effects of COVID. The effects of COVID will continue, whether that's like with people's health or like economically. 
um, culturally, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it was hard because I was so excited to be back, <laughs> but a lot of people were not yet like in that state yet. So it was difficult to, like, it's always difficult when you're in like a, in a good place in your life. And then there are people that are around you or that you care about that are going through like their, or like aren't in the, that same headspace as you, because it can foster like resentment and jealousy and yeah, I think that's something that I've been kind of observing and processing and managing and experiencing in a way that's kind of different to how it was before. Like I'm uh, able to sort of accept it more because now I've been alive long enough to see that everybody has ups and downs in their life. And I really do feel like a life well lived, a life of being hot and having fun includes your ability to embrace those different phases because something that I have been saying recently is like the more fucked up things get, the closer you are to it getting better because that is how life is. That is like the nature of the world that we live in. There is contrast. There is ups, there are downs, there's black, there's white, there's good, there's bad, there's better, there's worse. And you can't experience life without contrast. You can't have a high without a low. And, you know, it sounds crazy I guess sometimes to be like the worse that it gets, the closer you are to it getting better, but it is true. You know, like even if those little increments towards getting better are small or slow, they're coming, you know, we thought that the pandemic would never end. And now we are living a life that's very different to the way that it was a year ago. Who you are today is probably different to who you were a year ago, a month ago, a week ago who I am today, as I'm recording this, is different to who I was, you know, two months ago when I started recording this new season. And because I like trying to continuously give myself the space for those changes to occur and to process them as they're happening with as much awareness and intention as I can, I think, you know, the faster or the more efficiently I can move into the next experience because now I'm able to recognize, you know, we're all on our own journeys on our own timelines and your ability to navigate that timeline has so much to do with your mindset, so much to do with the awareness that you bring, so much to do with the intention that you bring, so much to do with the way that you allow yourself to feel, especially uncomfortable feelings, but also the way that you allow yourself to live in the present moment and to like honestly and authentically connect with yourself and other people. So yeah, I'm really, you know, I'm really, I love Shanghai. Okay. There are some people here, maybe they don't love it as much as I do, but I love it. I recognize how much privilege I have living here, being in my position. So I don't take that lightly by any means, you know, Yeah, I just think like I'm very grateful to feel like a sense of, I I don't know if it's like belonging or if it's like a sense of just ease with being here. You know, of course, there's like still so many challenges and you have flops in between sleighs, parallel to sleighs, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, this is like the place that I want to be. I think something that the pandemic has taught me for sure is like you don't need to 
to think that you have to have a plan or that your life has to unfold in a certain way. When people ask me like, oh, would you stay in Shanghai? Do you want to, are you going to stay here? What are your plans? I mean, for now, yeah, I love being here, but I'm not like someone who's like, yeah, I'm just going to be here for this amount of time and then I'm going to move on to the next place. Everybody's different, but I'm just mentioning that because like Shanghai can be kind of like a transient city as a lot of big cities can be, people coming in and out. Um, but just for me personally, like I don't feel like I need to say like, oh, I'm just here until I can go to some other place because I like genuinely enjoy being here. Like somebody thought, um, <clears throat> like someone was asking me like if I, someone was saying that they wanted to come to Shanghai to visit and I was like, yeah, sorry, like I don't have any plans to go to Hong Kong where they're based. And they were like, but even if you left, like, would you be able to return? And I was like, actually, yeah, <laughs> the borders are open. I just stay here by choice, not by force. You know, like if I really wanted to travel more over the last year, I could have, I just didn't want to, like, I was so happy to be back. I'm so grateful to be back. And I definitely want to travel more, um, like next year, hopefully we'll see. But yeah, for the first year being back, I feel very lucky and it's definitely given me perspective in terms of like the way that you just need to let the things that you can't control fall into place the way that they're going to fall into place, you know, do everything with the best intention that you can try and let go of outcomes in regards to things that you can't control, but trust that whatever it is you really want, whatever it is you're really working towards, like you will be given opportunities to pursue that if you remind yourself of what those things are if you keep yourself open to things that you might not have considered before you know that's definitely something that I've been thinking a lot about recently we don't have like accurate perceptions of time as human beings or like an ability to necessarily always accurately assess how long something will take whether that's like a task or whether that's like a project especially working in the creative industry it's like I rarely see deadlines being strictly adhered to it's not it's not impossible but yeah you know things are changing all the time I guess like when I was studying law that was so strict on deadlines and like losing 30% if you're like a minute late in your submission and then working in the creative industry like actually living in the real world you realize that you know, it's really not life or death, especially in the creative industry. I mean, law is a different story, but we can create so many limitations in our head and we can create so much unnecessary pressure and anxiety around things that we don't have to have that much anxiety around, you know, and just taking time to yourself and being present, being able to sit with how you feel and what you're thinking and not be in a constant state of distraction really helps, really, 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 you know, it's so counterintuitive to the way that we're being conditioned to the messaging that society gives us, to the way that we are being preyed upon by marketing tactics and hyper-consumption. But yeah, it's like one of the most radical things you can do, just taking some time to unplug, taking time to be intentionally alone, even if it's like 10 minutes a day, you know, 20 minutes a day. So important to be able to practice noticing how you feel, noticing what you're thinking and remembering that you are not your thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> those are the things that helped me in my transition of moving because I recognize now there are so many different things, so many other ways that this could have played out if I hadn't 
been determined to manage my emotional state and to manage my decision making to the best that I could in any situation. And I don't really have any regrets in terms of how I've handled things, even though there's been so many different challenges, whether it's like work wise, whether it's personal wise, relationship wise, friendship wise, because I continue to set aside that time for myself, I feel like I don't have to regret anything. Even if it wasn't the best experience, even if I fucked up or somebody else fucked up or, you know, it's just like, I know that I did the best that I could with what I had at the time and I'm going to keep like learning and trying my best because when I was going through like that breakup in 2020 and I would hear like, you know, you did the best that you could with what you knew. I didn't believe that. I was like, I didn't do the best that I could with what I knew because I knew things and I ignored them and blah, blah, blah. And I was like spiraling so hard about that. Now I have so much more compassion for my younger self than I did back then. And it's because I'm able to be so much more intentional or I've been determined in that process. So I have more faith, you know, even though there are times when I'm like spiraling or on the brink of an existential crisis, it's definitely like not the way that it was when I was younger or even just like two years ago, which is wild, you know, like... (laughs) And I have faith that if that's something that's important to you, you know, like make the most of the life that you've been blessed with, even if it's not the way that you imagined it to be or the way that you want it to be right now, baby steps. I think there's so much like content around manifesting and stuff now online that makes it seem like, oh, if I just think about this hard enough today, I'll get it tomorrow. But what I've realized is that thinking about what you want or being intentional with what you want and open about it, honest about it with yourself it's not that you wake up and like magic happens. It's that the way in which you move through the world changes and then different opportunities and different people will present themselves to you to facilitate you on your journey in a way that is going to change according to your mindset. If you think that the world is against you and there's no hope and you know, you're not going to be able to do what you want to do. It's too hard then you're going to be met with things that validate that point of view because on a subconscious level, like that's what you're expecting. But if you're able to shift your mindset slowly, slowly into thinking that you will be able to do what you want, but you have to trust that there is a process to it and that things that you can't predict that are going to bring you a sense of joy or facilitate your self-empowerment or facilitate growth for you, they're on their way and you just have to be patient. You just have to focus on what you can control, let go of the things that you can't control. But yeah, I mean, that's just like thought vomit, (laughs) thought dump um, about being back in Shanghai. I don't know if anyone has any specific questions about living here, feel free to ask. I only have like experience, really long-term experience living in Perth and living in Shanghai. I've spent time in the US, a little bit of time in like London, but I still personally choose Shanghai for me for now. I love Shanghai and I want to do more like domestic China travel and every place in China is like a little bit different, different culture, different food, um, different views, different So that's also what I love about being here. There's so much history, so much to learn, whether it's contemporary China, traditional China, Chinese for me. (laughs) 
yeah, I'm only halfway through recording this season. So if you have any questions or suggestions for the second half, I'm happy to adjust the schedule if needed and send me your thoughts and feelings. Let me know how you're doing. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this next season of Friend Crush. Follow me on Instagram at Amber Akilla, Spotify, TikTok, SoundCloud, Twitter, Tumblr. <laughs> um, follow the meme page for the podcast at friend.crush on Instagram. Uh, save the website, friendcrush.club. Hit up the newsletter. I'm going to do my best to keep that updated and just send you, you know, things I've watched recently, things I've been thinking about, things I like whatever, whatever. Again, it's not about people agreeing with me. I love to hear other people's perspectives. The older I get, the less personally I take conflicting narratives between me and other people. And yeah, stay hot and having fun. Duh. (laughs) Drink lots of water. Tell your friends and family that you love them. Thank you so much for your support. Love you. I'll speak to you soon. Bye.